Good evening, everybody. This is No Pain, No Spain, and I am Daniel. I'll be speaking to you today about a very important subject, and I hope you can hear me amidst all the noise of this god fucking city. It's near curfew, so I don't have enough. Uh, yeah, I do have enough time. It's 8:30. Curfew's at 10. If you can believe that curfew. Apparently, the virus only attacks at night. During the day, no, it doesn't attack. So no, it doesn't attack on the subway. No, not on the parks, not at schools. Oh, but at night it lurks out from the shadows and then it attacks. That's why we're in curfew at night. Ah, go fucking figure. <laughs> I've been not closely following the election in the United States, but checking every now and then, and it is crazy. Um, one thing I have to give to Trump and I hate giving him anything, but I have to give it to him, is that he finally exposed what, they, what they've always been. Fakes, hypocrites, uh, opportunists, fascists. Uh, everything. So they've always covered that with, um, with presidents or representatives who are charismatic or not so charismatic. I think George W. Bush was, uh, was the first one to even uncover a little bit of that, but even he had some, some sort of redneck, down south charisma, and he had a sense of humor. But this uh, imbecile, Donald Trump, he exposed what the United States has always been. So if you're mistaking it, thinking that this is what it is now, no, this is what it has always been. Now that it, no, it's just now that it, it is exposed. And so the, the subject I want to bring out today is linked to that because it's self-destruction. Self-destruction. We Let's create a basis for this argument is that uh, human beings have a self-destructive gene inherited in every one of us. You know, uh, different people have given it different names. Jung gave it the shadow. Uh, Jung, um, uh, I'm sorry, Jung called it the shadow. Freud called it the death drive. And it is it's very hard to describe, but the death drive or the shadow, they're not exactly the same things, but for the sake of argument, let's, let's put them in parallel because they are very similar. I think, the, I think Jung took it further and uh, exposed um, a more intimate and a more spiritual um, portray of, of, of that dark side that we all have. But let's... Uh, but it is, it is the same thing, different, seen from different aspects. So the death drive is what... Um, it's so hard to explain in few words, but it is that you do not desire well for everyone. Okay? You have an innate nature of competition, of, um, of assertiveness into... Uh, projecting yourself over your neighbor, over your peers, you know, over over uh, your society. You know, you you may think, and you may convince yourself because of other factors, because the other factors I'm going to speak of later. 
that you wish everyone well. Well, this is not entirely true. You want to destroy that which you cannot be. Hold on, I'm caressing a dog. Um, so, the death drive is you want to destroy everything you can't be. And, uh, and you can't be yourself. So, there is that self-destructiveness I was speaking of. Uh, some people, me included, take this death drive to the extremes. Take this uh, death drive to extremes of nihilism, of... Uh, of philosophizing things that may not require philosophizing, that may not require deep thinking, that uh, rather than that they require action. But it's still very present. The death drive or the shadow always, always puts you in a position of lurking into what has rised above you. So picture our society. Our society, well, most of us are, are middle class, although thanks to COVID-19, we're sinking quickly, quickly, quickly into very lower class. Uh, nevertheless, we still have the middle class mentality of, uh, of achieving some goals, of, uh, of being uh, able to grasp opportunities and to be offered uh, social and cultural security that we convince ourselves that we deserve it. But that is because there is a layer upon us. Now, upon us, I mean over us. Now, in Europe, this is very different than in other countries because here, uh, richness and uh, wealth is not really seen, it's not really exposed, okay? I was talking to friends of mine from South America and from other countries and it is, um, it is uh, very noticeable, the difference between the classes in, in different countries. For example, in South America, wealthy people make sure you know at every time, every movement, everything they do, that they are wealthy. They are projecting this wealth at all times. They isolate themselves, they live in enclosed areas, they dress differently, uh, uh, they, they, they drive the best cars, they go to private schools and they do not mingle with people who are not in their, in their uh, social status. I think Colombia uh, took this a little further and created stratus, what's called stratos. Uh, I believe they have six. Uh, and the initial, the initial creation of Estratos was uh, regarding tax purposes. So if you were really poor, you belong to Stratos 1. If you were less poor, Stratos 2. If you were a little less poor, Stratos 3 and so on and so on until reaching uh, Stratos 6, which were the wealthy. So this was meant to be an orientation towards tax. Obviously, the guys in Stratos 1 paid very little taxes and people on Stratus 6 paid a lot of taxes. Okay, so now that you have stopped laughing, you know that ain't so. That didn't work for a day. And if it did work, it also allowed for a stratification of society uh, to tremendous, tremendous levels, okay? Um, 
we were with this friend that we were discussing this uh, this matter. We lo she she looked something up and and uh, well, Stratus is now also used when dating in, in Colombia. So if you want, you go into one of these uh, dating apps, you have to put which Stratus you belong to, <laughs> and uh, well, you, you might understand what goes on from there. So in societies in which there's always someone above you and are very visible well this creates a constant death wish but this death wish cannot be projected upon them because they are protected because they are even in your psyche as what you may be someday that's the big lie of our society you know uh, don't do anything because someday you might be rich you know someday you can you can uh, achieve the american dream so that's why imbecile poor imbeciles defend the rights of the rich because they what if tomorrow i'm rich and this attitude has gotten us where we are today so the death wish in this situation goes parallel rather than vertical it goes horizontal okay it's uh, you, you you apply it to your peers so you belong to a, in, let's, let's say in Colombia, a stratus. And if someone from your stratus through some mechanism, either for inspiration or for uh, hard work or luck or for whatever reason, raises above your stratus, oh man, <laughs> uh, unconsciousness. You might not do anything physical, you might not do any action, but your unconscious absolutely hates this guy and wants to destroy this guy now in societies like the european ones in which uh which richness is not so visible uh, it is there it is there don't get me wrong it is very very present but somehow we have learned and cities are so small and packed and and dependencies from one another have become so intimate that uh, I mean I, I've known people for years and I only found out they were rich much 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 later after knowing them for a long time or I found out they were poor you know I was uh, I was uh, I was mentioning to this friend that uh, in the school where my kid goes it's a public school and uh, yes. the parents, well, the families of the other kids range so much in social class that you would go crazy. I mean, to, uh, one kid's parent is a lawyer that uh, I found out much later about this, but he's a super big shot. And, well, he's very wealthy. He's got this apartment that... I believe only El Chapo Guzman has or something like that. Nevertheless, he mingles with us and, and nobody ever knew and nobody knows. <laughs> and another parent is uh, he's, uh, one of these guys who, when you stop at a, at a, at a, at a stop sign, he performs uh, some juggling in front of you and then goes, go asks for coins in, to the cars. You know? And then the other is a painter. The other one is... a. He sells, uh, he makes dragons and sells it, and the other is an architect. Then two are pediatricians. And this is in the same school, in the same classroom. This kid's mingling. If you come from a South American country, or any American country for that matter, or African country, you would know 
how unbelievable this is. Okay, this is uh, unbelievable. So, coming back to the death drive or the, the, the shadow. Again, I don't like saying them together because they're not exactly the same, but nevertheless, um, <laughs> this death drive. So, if, if, if death drive does exist, which Freud insisted it does, it begins, according to him, uh, at, at, uh, as with everything with Freud, at a very young age. Okay, so when you are a baby, when babies are born, uh, babies do have only two powers, but these two powers are superpowers. They have the power of rage and the power of smile. And with these two powers, they control your life completely. Because uh, when a child is crying, don't get it wrong, he's not sad, he's angry. It's because he wants something. Okay, so a lot of people may get confused or get, may get uh, all, all sweet-spotted in the, in the issue that, oh shit, well, my kid is sadness, is sad, is, uh, you know, no, he is angry. When babies cry, they're angry. You know, so they learn the benefit of using rage to get what they want and the smile to get more what they want okay so these two things mm, you always keep so you always have that within you and they are part of the of the death drive that i'm talking about because uh, although maturity kicks in and you understand the mechanic of things and you don't always get what you want and you don't always things don't always work the same way for everyone or, or everywhere and so this kicks in but of course as I said before there are other um, factors that include it because we are not only death drive we are also compassion we are also um, love we are also care. So there are various factors involved. The problem is that we tend to ignore this dark side that we all have. And we tend to think that we are all good. Not all, but most people are good. And that we most desire more or less the same things. And at the basic levels, it is true. But once you start climbing the necessity line up, these things change and then fear kicks in that's why um, extremists are scared of immigrants of foreigners of uh, people from outside of different cultures because they don't understand them they see them as a threat they they, they closed in they close themselves in this cocoon of cultural archetypes and of cultural uh, identity and start defining anything that does not belong into that cocoon as an intruder, as a threat. And, and so not, that's an, a redirection of the death drive. You know, rather than uh, what we I always thought that deep within, most people wish well. Most people can, can get a heartbreak when they see unfairness. Uh, most people who break their backs to help somebody in need. Most people who have endured the, the harshness of migration, of immigration, of having to leave your country or being 
or having seen your parents have to leave the country to, to save your life or to get a better life for the kids. These would be the, the most, um, the people who would accept change easily. But that doesn't happen that way. Countries like Spain, which, uh, which have had a long, long, long immigrant history because of famine, because of dictatorship, because of uh, threats, political threats and everything, and have always been received kindly, not always kindly, but mostly kindly in other countries and being aided. These are the ones who are now complaining that people do come here to find a better lives. So it all goes back to this uh, death drive and shadow that we all have, that unless we accept it as part of us, rather than trying to suppress it or, um, or ignore it. I believe things would be a lot better now. It's not an easy thing to do. So how do you accept that you're an asshole? That you can be an asshole? I think uh, Jordan Peterson speaks, and I think I've spoken about this before, that come to uh, imagine if you were in Nazi Germany, what would you do? And a lot of people have this incredible uh, self-gratification of saying that, no, 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 if they would have been there, they would have acted, you know, they would have been against it. They would have done something about it. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> uh, chances are you would have been a hardcore Nazi and that I would have been a hardcore Nazi not only because of fear not only because of, of the threat that if you weren't then you or your family could could uh, could suffer but even not even reaching that point the sense of community the sense of being able to blame someone else for your problems whether that's true or not it's a different issue but the main issue is always assuming that someone else is guilty for your problems and rarely this someone else is the proper person you know in uh, in in uh, in countries or uh, African countries you can see this perfectly you know and, and, and uh, they, they attack each other rather than attack the real enemy who in back in the days were the colonialists you know and the colonialists were just looking awe saying what the fuck's going wrong with these guys <laughs> they're killing each other well that's because of that death drive so i hope i made myself clear this is what's happening in the states uh, people are frustrated people are intimidated and people are plainly stupid and they are allowing the death drive the shadow to lurk out without any filters without any without any checks and balances without any control they're letting their most basic reptile brain instincts to pop up and look at the outcome who would have thought that first of all that someone like donald trump would have been elected in the first place at all but who would have thought that he's i don't think he'll win well he'll create some havoc before losing but who would have thought that the margins were so thin that there are still people after knowing him, after knowing exactly how he is and what he does, still half the country supports him. 
I don't know. You answer that question. I think I gave my explanation. I don't know if it's justifiable or not. But you tell me what the hell's going wrong with this world. Anyway, guys. Uh, it's nine o'clock. I have to walk my dog because she's looking at me with eyes like, fuck, you always do the same thing when you take me out and then you start going around in circles speaking to yourself. <laughs> and not knowing that I have a tremendous audience. No, I don't. And I wish I had. But uh, for those of you who are sharing, I really, really appreciate it. Please continue to do so. I will try to come up with interesting subjects. I always have stupid things to speak about in case I run out of interesting subjects. But... Thank you for bearing with me, guys. You have a great night. Stay safe.